hello. Blast off. I'm Nick Blackley. Hey, I'm Jacob Smith. I'm and I'm Mitchell Smith. And welcome <laughs> to our ship, the big unit. Um we've been out here in in the game space. Uh we've been exploring mm-hmm. the game space now for weeks. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we found anything of note. Mm-hmm. Um we, we came across a box in the game space, and this box had uh, three mics, and um, this weird black thing on the back, it says Nintendo Switch, um, and I think that, well, we know now it's some sort of game console, and it came with one one program, mm-hmm. uh, The Legend of Zelda TM Breath of the Wild. What about the colon? Uh, you know, the box doesn't actually There's have a no colon, colon on it, so oh, it's weird man. that you would you would ask me about that. But uh, yeah, I I mean, we uh, we found this, and you know, it's kind of lonely out here in the game space. And God, you know, I'm sick of these two already. So we played this game, and um, you know, now we have mics and we have a game, so we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, we didn't have anything else to do, so no. here we are. So, so what do we do on this podcast? Uh, well, I was thinking that I had just explained it. <laughs> this is a podcast where we play a game and explore its good and bad parts. Did you guys Thank have... Thank you, Jacob. Uh, what, so, okay. We all played the game. Uh, did you guys have anything in particular that you thought was really neat whoa, about this whoa, game? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is the game? What's the plot? What's, oh, what makes the game tick? No? Of course, of course. Uh, yes, the game. Um, so The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I had our computer look it up a little bit. It sure. appears to be the latest installment in a series of games where it is, in fact, The Legend of Link, who uh, we play as. Um, you well, play Zelda's as the legend because she's barely in the game. That's why. It's a bit of a misnomer, really. It, it doesn't seem to make much It makes sense. you think you're going to get to play as Zelda, and then you don't. You really don't. Um, so you, you play as this boy. Um, the boy runs around. Um, he picks up sticks. Uh, he attacks skeletons and uh, crawls through. Well, it doesn't crawl, but he walks through dungeons. Um, we call that crawling. But um, yeah, it is a classic example of what our scientists are calling us an open world game. Yes. Uh, with uh, very yeah. open mechanics as opposed mm-hmm. to running down a hallway shooting at guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very few it, it cinematics. Really, really quite, quite an ex- exciting find in the game space. Uh, we've, 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 we've seen similar products to this, but, um, you know, as, as our our good comrade Mitchell pointed out, open world. Yeah, we played that game Which I Mousetrap for weeks. Yes, yeah, that's sure. Wow. Man, that was a great time. Uh, really riveting. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, what what else about this? What else do our, our many, many, many listeners need to know? Well, it takes place on a planet, not in space, unlike sure. this podcast. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> well, I don't know what takes place on a planet. I mean, Planets are in space, technically. Oh my god, you're right. So you already screwed that one up. Um, so it takes place in space, technically. Um, and you're in Hyrule, and you start out without any clothes. Yes. Just like me every morning. Like all of us. Mm-hmm. Just- and then you meet an old man just like every morning. And from there, this is the one part of the game where you're kind of forced to do things, even though it, you can do them in any order. Uh, you have to do this tutorial to get out of the tutorial area, and you get the glider, which is the best item in the game. And from there, you just have to go and beat some dungeons. So there's, or not, uh, which is an interesting thing for this game and for the Legend of Zelda game series. You can just. Beat the game at the beginning. It's crazy that our computer knows all of that. Yes, isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, okay. So, I mean, 
what was there anything that you you thought was was particularly interesting there mitchell um yeah so i i think the interesting thing about this game for me was definitely just the way that unlike so many games this this game is i mean they call it an open world game but i don't think there is any other other game i've played that really matches that description quite as well because you can go anywhere you want uh there aren't really any like hard level ups that are super important you don't have to acquire certain items to do certain things unlike other zelda games and a lot of other games you just go and you could spend the whole game climbing up mountains and jumping off them with the glider uh, if that's what you wanted to do or which you I can, did which you did which is what you did or you can be yeah. like a stealthy ninja or you can be this kind of like badass who rides around on a horse or you can like really role play it instead of like taking shortcuts with all the different items and things like that um yeah which i think is really I, interesting we've been uh you know we've been flying through we've been exploring the game space for a while so we've played a lot of games uh yeah in, at in least game six games at this at, point at least at least i maybe seven I don't know if I'd go that far. Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, I mean the the fact that you like it like really allows you to do whatever you want from the very beginning, which with the exception of the tutorial area. Yeah, past you get out of the tutorial area, you're free to do whatever you want. Um, which like it's it's kind of refreshing. Um, that you can see something and like literally just walk up and do it uh which is so so different from other games where you actually have like some kind of path um i mean even this game it doesn't have really explicit goals either right like there's no beat, well there is like a question ganon. so yeah it's interesting yeah. because the, the really the only true goal in the game is just to kill a ganon right it, there you don't have to beat any of the temples you don't have to go to like any of the dungeons or visit any of the towns if you could get straight there to the castle and defeat him like you're good to go, which is very That's... unlike most of the games, period, but especially the yeah. Zelda series games, where typically right. it's like you're following a very set path, and they kind of yes. like, they don't handhold you by any means, but like they they do certainly guide you in a, a an obvious path to get to the end goal. So this game is yeah, like I a would... large divergence from that theme. It's a huge divergence from the, as the computer says, previous game, uh, Skyward Sword, which is so very so, railroaded so to the max. <laughs> I mean, you're literally on a railroad at parts of that game, and also spirit it, tracks. Spirit tracks. <laughs> spirit tracks. Wow. Yeah, spirit tracks. Talk about railroading. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a train in my life. I've been on this ship for so long, so you've never seen uh, a. Tra- we've been on the. You just said we've been on the ship what about for a those couple space, weeks. The space trains that rolled by. Well, we we we've been we've been on the ship for weeks, but I've been on this ship for longer. Anyways, uh, Jacob, you said um, you said the the game like doesn't handhold you, which is actually like really like the game anti handholds you. Like it literally, <laughs> it, it pushes you on the you... ground and kicks you as a child. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, kind of pushes you down a hill and you just like roll down it, and then when you stand up, the game is gone. Um, Man, those ragdoll game... physics are great. When you get hit they by like great. a what are they moblins, you go flying down a hill. And you just yes. roll for so long. You bang yeah. the rocks. Yeah. It's the best. My, I had but, a friend uh, that I met through the computer that down <laughs> that we uh, we sent the game back to him, and he played the game. And when you try to fight the, what are the big rock guys called again? Talus? Stone Talus, right? yeah. Yeah. He didn't, he played a significant amount of the game without realizing that when you could shoot the rock with, an arrow and then climb on their back well you shot them with an arrow the the like rock thing on the back and then they fall over oh i always Mm. bomb their legs out wow wow wait what is bombing their legs out it blows up their legs and do the legs grow and then they fall and you can get on their back yeah but do the legs grow back? They do slowly, but you have like a, quite a lot I of I never knew there. you could do that. See, oh, this I, is like a classic uh, example <laughs> of like, I, I watched a good friend play this game and like the entire time I was watching, I was like, what are you doing? And then I'd be like, oh, that like yeah. really worked out for you. It like made a lot of sense. And like, 
people just it's like a problem yeah. solving game in a way which is interesting because it it's an yeah. rpg but like every situation mm-hmm. like you can solve it in like five different ways whether it's like right. jumping down a mountain like do you glide do you do you sled down do you like i don't know like walk down like there's so many ways to go about anything mm-hmm. i think that it's that's where like the lack of hand holding is really really important because mm-hmm. it imagine if you like came across that thing and it said oh hit the big thing on its back right, right? yeah like, it could have easily it would, done be, it yeah it, it was it's just like so much it, the lack of direction means that you as a player have more sort of direction you know um, i think that's a result of the way they handle the tutorial because they don't just like okay for the for the sheikah like power-ups it kind of tells you what to do yeah but outside of that it doesn't say like oh like if you attack an enemy with a weapon that it has an element, it'll like stun it. Like you have to, you figure that stuff all out by trial and error. Right. And I think that allows you to like become really creative because you're not being like told how to do things. And like, I remember watching streamers who would just like on on the computer who would like mm-hmm. you know put octo balloons on things and like ride them up and then like jump down on guys and it was like things that you could just never even imagine. So you see someone else do it. It's just like there's not many yeah, games you like could that. Never imagine think. it. I tried. I tried using a octo balloons on a raft so that I could sail around, and then they just like popped or something. And I never used those things. Yeah, same. It's, they're tough to just, use. They seem yeah. like they were just like it's one of those things where like, uh, they obviously added it in to have that physics effect, but it's not necessarily well. Like it's it's not super useful, and I'm sure. Yeah. It, well, it I never found it super useful, but I'm sure someone like attach the balloon to their bomb and then use the uh a leaf thing to yeah. like blow it over and yeah. like hit something and like that's a really cool interaction i never did it it would take too much time i probably took off all of my clothes and slid down the thing and shot them full of Jeez. arrows because that's how i normally play the game <laughs> um and you have to take your clothes off that is requisite well okay so let's let's be i may have played this game the most out of any of us by the end i was Whoa, I'm not gonna bragging alert. I was pretty good at it. Uh-huh. Like I rarely got hit by anything. And I also got so there is one there are two elements that are like real RPG like or I guess there's three things, right? You can get powers from defeating dungeons and get the the, the beasts. You get those powers. You get uh hearts and you get um stamina yeah, upgrades. Yep. Uh, and by the end, I had enough hearts that, like, I could, like, run into a wall at full speed or whatever, and I wouldn't take any damage. You know what I mean? Like, you could fall off the top of a mountain, roll all the way down, and still be alive. Uh-huh. So I barely needed protective armor. So that's actually one thing that, like, I wouldn't say it ruined the game, but some of the, like, it feels a lot like a survival game. Not that you have to eat food and stuff like that, but just that it's it's you things break right you lose your weapons yeah. you lose your shields yeah and so this this is actually perfect segue into <sighs> maybe i was um, setting this segue up the whole time yeah. i was talking about it <laughs> nice but we um, can always point it out if that's what you was, want to hey do. it's a great segue <laughs> that was fantastic no, was fantastic <laughs> all right everybody yeah, next um, topic all right <laughs> next topic is um yeah the the like progression of the game um like it i think you would classify it as a um uh an rpg right like you you play as a single character who does have growth um through the gameplay itself so like health stamina like you said also the fact that you do have like five abilities right um that can be upgraded don't forget about Um, equipment as in armor that's like a major point as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Armor doesn't also yeah. You can upgrade armor, because... armor and acquire new armor. Right. Um and the upgrades are always because of something that you've kind of deliberately done. Um in that like you've gone and you you retrieved like, you know, five flowers and five fish. Mm-hmm. You gave it to this really busty fla- uh, uh fairy. <laughs> Unnecessarily and... so. Some might say. Some might say. Some might say that it was perfectly necessary mm. um, for a children's game. Mm-hmm. So uh, the game space produces weird things. So yeah, um, but I would I think that the biggest progression, um, which is really interesting compared to other RPG games, where 
you know you're really improving like a stat which is sometimes just a number or like an xp bar is that like you just start to learn more about the world and then that makes you stronger like the rpg progression is actually like you as a person it's knowledge yeah. based. Um, the, as like yeah. as a not yeah there's a, a steep player. learning curve in this game for sure yes it's yeah right um like a player you know, who's experienced you... could start a new game and like plow through it very easily but a new player would like have no chance like there's just too much to mm-hmm. like be aware of and like understand it's very right. tough it's when we saw and understand right. how like the temperature mechanic worked and like that's like the most right. basic thing you know and like mm-hmm. and there's like three different ways around it and you can handle it differently each way mm-hmm. um but you have to figure out like they never this is another example of something they don't tell you can have a fire sword out and it lets you go in ice like they don't tell you that stuff like that right so there's there's like little little bits of knowledge that um that it it makes the player better at the game and it's also things like uh mechanics uh like the parry mechanic Mm -hmm. that i did not really use or figure out until the best pretty much after i beat the game like I did not use it at all, but like Mitchell, use you use it all the time. Yes. Yeah, I like I never use it. Um, but like once I figured it out, I was like, oh, I just leveled up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, that is definitely true. It feels like learning new, like me learning that I could blow off the rock guy's legs. That's like a, that's like a big help to me because there have been times when I struggled with them before. And it was because of the positioning of the rock thing on their body. And knowing that that mm-hmm. works, it's like, okay, so now this just suddenly became easier. Like, I didn't level up, but, yeah, this new knowledge has just made it so much easier for me. Uh, yeah, I, whenever I came across those rock guys, I would use the bird maneuver, fly up in the air, land on top of it, and then wail on it. Oh, oh see, but that's... I never even I mean, tried that. I've done that sort of thing before, but then they fall over, and you only have so many of those... Uh, what what was that guy's name? Revali's Gale. Gale is ready. Revali's Gale is ready. See, but it's if you just get if you spin around, Mifa's Grace just... is ready. <laughs> Mifa's Grace. Um, yeah, if you the just spin around, protect. you can get it in one. You can you you can hit it in one like this podcast. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I, I learned so. something crazy recently about the game. I didn't know this at all, but apparently you can, if you build a fire with five wood i believe it creates an updraft and also you can use like one mm-hmm. one wood and put like spicy peppers in it and that also creates an updraft so i didn't really what? know that there's ways to make updrafts that easily i usually would I like they... burn the grass and then jump over it yeah. and like hope yeah. it would like catch you know but that was that's like, really cool yeah i haven't tested it but that's something i read recently hmm. yeah updrafts um I, I wanted them to have more use, I gotta be honest. Well, it's like, yeah, really the... helpful. They were good in yeah. combat because you could do the slam from above. They were good for just navigating because there's so much, like, Z-level, like, action in this terrain. Mm-hmm. I would make an interesting, like, like, I think it's interesting that this game, I'll talk about this more later, but it has, like, a lot more emphasis on vertical, like, positioning. Whereas, like, yeah. other Zelda games typically were, like, much flatter. I mean, obviously, like, the two game, two games are, like, completely flat, yeah. but, like... Even, like, I was playing through Ocarina of Time, and, like, it's mostly, like, pretty much flat in a lot of places, other than some, like, gimmick places, but uh, Breath of the Wild, like, really embraces, like, the height aspect. I think this is the Mm -hmm. first Zelda game where you can press, where you have a jump button Mm. that isn't from, like, a power-up. Yeah. Or, like, Z-targeting and, like, backflipping or something. Well, yeah, but that's not, like, you can do platforming in this game which is something that mm-hmm. none of the other ones... Well, I mean, I guess you could, but, like, you didn't have manual control over the jumping. You know, it's funny just because... Shows that it's important. Skyward Sword introduced, like, the stamina aspect, including climbing, yes. but yes. people don't really talk about that game as, like, having, you know... That's not really, like, a good mechanic, necessarily, because it, uh, it felt, like, sh- a little shoehorned in, in my opinion. Well, do you Skyward remember Sword. why? It's because in in that game, you had stamina, and you could you could run or climb... And you would run out of the bar. So in this game, you can have like three or something, but in that yeah, one, you just had the larger. one. Or yeah. But but when you ran out, you'd have to run into this fruit thing that would give you more of them. So it was just this like weird thing where you had to like when you wanted to run somewhere, you'd basically just follow a path, and you'd have to follow that path, yeah, otherwise you'd true. run out of stamina. 
Talk so about this railroading, one, am I right? Yeah, so this this game, you can use your stamina whenever you want, and then you can chow down on a recipe or something and keep going, or, you know, there's several ways to get your stamina back in a more reasonable way. Um, so, yeah, that's like, I'd say the one thing I liked about Skyward Sword was that they brought that over to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, Skyward Sword is like an interesting in-between, between, like, the traditional Zelda of, like, Twilight Princess and, like, Breath of the Wild. I think it was, like, steps in that direction, but, like, obviously Breath of the Wild is, like, much better executed. But a lot of aspects of Skyward Sword, I think, are present in Breath of the Wild in some way. Yeah, but, like, done well. Yeah, right. Like, they improved upon their ideas a lot. A lot. Yeah. Astronomically. Yeah. I, I, uh... Have you not downloaded Skyward Sword from the gamer space? No, I didn't find database uh, gamerspace database. I did not find a copy of uh, of Skyward Sword in the game space. Uh, that's fine. You're not missing. You're not much. missing out on anything, really. <laughs> really, I didn't find. I didn't find the. Uh, I know mean, you guys had it, but I just didn't. I didn't find the uh, Wii U console. Sure. Um, you know, it it was seemed fairly. Uh, Wait, useless, that was a so Wii game, wasn't out it? For it? Yeah, it was. Uh, or sorry, not a Wii, not the Wii U console, the um, the Wii Motion Plus. Oh yeah, you didn't have a Wii Motion Plus controller. I think it might have came with one, but I don't know. It's not, it's not important. It may have. God. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh, I was gonna say. So I think it's interesting. We were talking about how the Breath of the Wild is generally a very open environment. I think we can agree. Mm-hmm. Like it has multiple levels, but it's rarely enclosed. And I think that it's it's interesting to like they didn't do like any enclosed spaces. They're like no tight well anything. If There's they do it, it's by nothing. a very deliberate choice. And the only thing I can think of is the Yiga clan hideout right now. That's like yes. a stealth section. It's a, it's a stealth section where you are intentionally forced into a small space because you have to be at risk of being caught, right? Right. Yeah. The dungeons that's a... The dungeons are enclosed, but they also have a lot of like they're so big, like the chambers inside of them, that it almost doesn't yeah. feel that way sometimes. And like yes. you literally fly outside of them and stuff, you know. Yes. I want to talk about that that stealth section a little bit. Um, did you guys like that? Ah, eh, I thought it was interesting. I like the amount of bananas I got out of it. I I I thought it was. <laughs> I actually like. I didn't have too much of a problem with it, but then I got through to the place where you're supposed to open the door to go fi- fight. Uh master yiga is that right i guess yeah Um, yeah, sure um and i couldn't i didn't know what to do so i like ran around that place for like way too long getting caught and then like would come back and i couldn't find it and left Wait, what do you do to open the door i can't remember i don't remember it's like just you just like use a the uh magnet to open it oh i gotcha and i was just like what am i doing and i like i didn't figure it out and it was like a really frustrating experience it's funny because they probably did that to prepare you for the battle where you use the magnet a lot yeah they probably were like like, get your magnet out because you're gonna use it like no that's that's a good point um i actually really did not like that section because it felt like I kept trying to do it in my own way. I kept trying to like Rivali's Gale up top, and then I just kept getting caught and like all this stuff. And it just felt like they had taken away all of the tools they'd given me. Like they really wanted me to just walk behind this guy, yeah. like, maybe shoot some arrows to like lure them away. Yeah. But they really like the game really wanted me to solve it in one particular way. And it just felt very different from the rest. That of the was part of the like, most I, I, railroaded section of the entire game. Yeah, you didn't really have a chance to do what you wanted, like you said. Yeah, they like brought they, there's like DLC stuff that you have to go back there, and like I was just really frustrated because like I did not want to go back mm-hmm. there again. I think I just saw it as like a challenge that was like mildly annoying because you're right. Like if you go Rambo style, you get you get caught every time, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's like a little frustrating. See, but like compared to um, you remember the Lost Island the one that's like on the very top is that the one where you don't have any weapons or anything you have to like put them yeah 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 yeah. oh that was right. so much fun that was a cool island. that was so much fun because like you know they they still put these restrictions on you but they allow you a lot more freedom of of solving mm-hmm. right yeah so like i think com- comparing those two like it's they put this restriction on you one it allows you to still kind of do things your own way 
Um, and then the other one, you are really like forced to do things one way. And I didn't, I did personally did not like. Well, they that, had. So. I mean, you had a little bit of choice, but it was mostly be- between like sneaking around corners and shooting things, or yeah. what I did, which is jump up on the top and drop a banana to make the guard walk away from the door. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, banana. And that was how I. That's how I did it because it was too annoying to do that other part. But like it was those guys that's not walk. really logical. Do you remember how they walk when they see something they like? Oh yeah, they're like ooh. Yeah, they like they like get on their tiptoes. Right? It's pretty funny. Like the, like the banana's gonna run away. That was a cool art style, like for those guys as well. It was funny how like they would they would yeah. show up and like they weren't ever actually like a real threat, you know, until like later when the guys had like the swords or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting, Nick, that you bring up that. I think that was probably the worst part. Probably the worst part of the game, other mm-hmm. than oh, you know what? I just realized I lied. I was about to say the worst, the maybe the other worst part of the game is the Ganon fight. Um, yeah, but then that that occurred to me that there was a little bit of enclosed fighting within the um, within Hyrule Castle. So here's an interesting thing: I did not even go in the castle. Like, I just went on the outside and scaled up the whole thing, uh, and I, like, didn't fight anybody. Other, well, other than the guardian, guardians. I definitely fought those. But um, that was it. Like, I didn't go really inside at all until after I had beaten Ganon because there's, like, collectibles and Yeah, the and, best like, shield in the game. In there. Yeah. Um, when, like, so I went to go get those things. When I uh, start after. the game now, when I play it, I go there. That's like the I first thing there. I do. Yeah, and the get shield. the shield. So good. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember do, when I, I like the dungeon. Actually, it wasn't closed, but um, sorry. Go ahead. So when I started, I like first started the game. I did actually attempt to go to Hyrule, and I was just like absolutely mutilated <laughs> by guardians and whatnot. Oh, it's too um, tough for yeah, someone who's never played before. Basically, right? Or else. But it, you know, it's kind of cool that like. Now that we're better at the game, you could just do that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, I could go in, no shirt, no pants, wooden shield. That's parry everything. Parry everything, and I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. I, and yeah. I probably would die, because I'm acting like I'm better than I am. So, Jacob, you had a, um, a point about the verticality. Yes. Actually, I was going to talk about the entire environment as a whole, mainly the overworld, okay, outside yeah. the space of like cities and things like that. So, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I played the game, it felt like, I felt like I was a like five-year-old child following like a line of like candy. And I was like constantly like, picking up these little candies as I went around the like map. Mm-hmm. And just like, oh, this one, and I walk over there and I like, grab it. Like, oh, that's another one. And, like walk over and grab it. And that's I think really there's like basically it. like three main key points to the overworld like aspects that uh kind of encourage you like explore uh mainly that's the towers the shrines and the korok seeds and they're all like they all have like different levels of effect on like my play style so for instance when you Mm -hmm. first got off the plateau like the tutorial area the first thing you see is like you know two towers like looming over you Mm -hmm. um and they just introduced the concept of like activating those towers and you know seeing more of the map so that's like kind of the first thing your eye is drawn towards and so you start walking towards it the cool thing about the towers and the shrines is that they light up like aggressively from a distance. Um, you can see yeah. the orange from what seems like miles away in game. I don't know the exact distance, obviously, like the rendering, but um, <laughs> yeah. you'd be walking around and you'd say, "Oh my god, there's a, there's a shrine like across space Africa over there. Like it's just so far away." And <laughs> you can mark it with the sheikah, right? And like... so you can mark it, and it appears on your map. And you can you can head towards it, and so. The interesting thing about the towers is they kind of scale with the area, like, as far as, like, the difficulty of acquiring them. So, for instance, Mm -hmm. they can kind of... That's, like, some light, light, light railroading in the sense that, like, certain towers are very easy to get in the beginning. Like, they're they're shorter, so you don't need as much stamina to get up them. There's platforms on the way up. Whereas other towers have, like, a bunch of enemies around them or, like, a swamp or, like, brambles that you have to, like, you know, burn or something like that. And so there's, like, some, like, amount of like uh difficulty to acquiring some of the towers and so that kind of like encourages you to say like oh i'm not ready for this tower yet i'll leave it alone and go like a different one or something like that which i think is like a natural way of being like you shouldn't quite be here yet but if you want to like you know go ahead like have fun Um, right yeah which i thought was like really interesting 
Um, and the fact that it gives you only access to part of the map is like a good way to kind of modularly increase like the world around you in a way that like you're mm-hmm. not overwhelmed. Because I think we can agree the map is massive and like yeah, it's huge. If you were exposed to all of it at once, you'd be like, where like where do I even begin? There's just no way to even go oh, from yeah. there. It would be it would right. be too crazy. Right. Um, yeah, it like because each of the new sections that you are able to explore they generally speaking have like kind of new features like there's this whole hot area that's like near the volcano there's this whole like cold area where you need like certain things there's the desert area like there's a lot of different areas that have kind of unique aspects of the environment right Um, and it's you know you as you explore those um you get farther farther away from where you started yeah right and then alongside the towers obviously there's the shrines which are like they're a little bit more local, like, to where you are at any given time. It's, like, there's always, like, I don't know, three within, like, a short distance, a short-ish distance. And it's cool because the difficulty of those things varies a lot. So, like, you might find one that you can complete pretty easily, then the next one might be, like, you know, a combat shrine that's very difficult for, like, an early player. Well, it's I'd like say the, to pace it. I'd say the combat shrines are harder the further away they are from the start i think in general. oh interesting i didn't think of that that makes sense though so in but theory you the, would naturally reach someone who's stronger in theory i i'm just specifically remembering a shrine um the I east think coast it's, on the peninsula yeah yeah exactly it's so like, that one like is a like a major challenge and that's something that you can get to when you're too low to beat it but it's still a, on the other side of the map from where you started right though so like it's supposed to be that's like as far as way as far away as it could have been yeah mm-hmm. they also do a good job of like incentivizing you to do them because obviously you can teleport them teleport to them like once you've completed them mm-hmm. and also yeah. the reward of the the spheres i don't remember what they're called do you guys remember the spheres, uh, spirit orbs yeah, yeah yeah the spirit orbs it's like a constant steady like dopamine rush where you're like ah, i can like you know two more of these and i can get like another stamina bar or another heart the microtransaction of the legend of (laughs) Of dopamine yeah did you when you um played the game did you like specifically look for shrines to like up your stats or did you just kind of like come across them i did both depending on where i was in the game like there are points where i was like oh i need to glide to this place i'll go grind out some shrines so i can get more stamina or something like that you know Mm -hmm. that's pretty rare though i think mostly it was like more natural i was like forcing myself to like search out shrines unless i was like i wanted to yeah i um i know the last time i was playing i got to the point when i base i could have beaten the game you know a long time ago but i just wanted to kind of just explore and find things that i hadn't already seen and so i went on top of um death mountain and just kind of went off in a direction where if you looked at the map i didn't see a lot of shrines yeah i did the same thing actually yeah and the thing i realized was is that death mountain is one of these places where it's actually kind of hard to see the shrines unless you're looking at them the right way because it has all these ridges and so as i yeah. flew over it i would just be like there's another one and i'd land and do it and then and it was a lot of lava and, it... and the orange doesn't stand out as yeah. much yeah so it was tough to find them there but i like it was interesting for me to go out of my way and find them that way for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i i definitely did like a similar thing um on my first playthrough um i got like i maxed out like my stanima first like maxed that out and then i was like okay well now i kind of want more hearts so i went out and i like you didn't get any hearts you did all stamina yeah because i figured like that's the thing that is going to aid my exploration if i'm quote-unquote good at the game i don't need the hearts right well i guess i don't know i felt like having a couple hearts because then you can take a hit that you don't see coming but that's fine i'm just surprised but yeah. it's, it's a valid way of playing um first of all i played yeah, I don't know. I, maybe i maybe i, I did. got like i was like kind of going even between hearts and stamina until i realized you can get the yellow heart bonuses and I was like, what? Yeah. I don't need hearts? Uh, I was like, what, what do I need hearts for? I can just go eat some radishes and be, like, super yeah. tanky. Like, That's why true. even bother? But then, of course, you need that for yeah. the Master Sword, so I ended up, like, you know probably transferring some of them. oh that's why i, I always go for it because yeah. i want the master sword yeah i didn't even know the master sword was like a 
thing like i actually had to look that up like i did not understand the con like why you couldn't take it out oh, like interesting yeah i don't know how like, I, I think i, I had to look I, it up too I, it wasn't super obvious yeah i think he explicitly says oh i may have looked at it no i probably i don't think they tell you I mean, how many he does, parts he, you need though he's yeah he, I, I looked up the number that's, required that's yeah he doesn't they don't tell you that. It's just like, you don't have enough right now. And you're like, whatever, dude. And then you grab the yeah. sword and it sucks your soul into it. And that's the end, I guess. I found that to be kind of lame. Like, it should have, like, just, uh, I don't know. Like, why health in particular? I mean, like, they... I didn't feel like there was a good in-game reason for it. And there certainly wasn't a good, or, like, uh, lore-wise. Well, I mean, if you look at... Story-wise. If you look at health, like, constitution... I think it makes sense. I would say that stanima is also like constitution. Can you say that word again? Stanima. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? Did you say stanima or stamina? He said stanima. I think I've heard him say it a few times. It's stamina. Oh, oh for boy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, stamina. Uh, You've been in space um, for too long, buddy. And it, Nick, I don't a hundred percent disagree with you. I think they both kind of do it, but in my, I guess my point is, is that like constitution is the sort of thing that in D and D, it's like it's when you eat something bad or something like that. But also like when you take a big hit, sometimes it's like do a constitution saving throw to see if you like vomit or something like that from getting hit so hard or something <laughs> like that. And like health, having health is like how can how much how much punishment can you take well now it just sounds like hit points uh constitution <laughs> is constitution is related to hit points as well so i don't know it's it's just supposed to show that he's a beefy boy he can he has to be someone who can who can take it you have to be good enough i guess yeah but why is that why is that attached to hearts you know like um... i think it, it, like i think they really should have like tested it like, I still maybe even disagree with the idea of, like, it being one or the other because it's, like, I mean, I'm a little bit bitter because it was specifically punishing to me because I maxed out stamina first. Yeah, right. that's fair. Um, Stamina. It does, it does, I guess it does punish that first. play style, which kind of sucks, but, I mean. Well, punish is a harsh word for this game. It's not that it punished it, it's just what they chose. Yeah. Like, they could have been, like, you have to do so many spirit orbs I think that they did it. Yeah, that's what I would have. I would have liked that. System. But then, if you had been the type of person that goes straight for all the dungeons, like you wouldn't have gotten it, and you didn't like you didn't do enough spirit challenges, and you did all the dungeons. So like it would have been arbitrary either way. It's like no matter what they used, it would have punished someone, right, for how they chose to play. Right, and I think the reason they chose hearts is because hearts lets you be a person who did a lot of shrines and also benefits people who did dungeons that's true so it incentivizes someone to do a dungeon because it's a relatively easy way to get a heart container compared to doing a, you know several shrines but nick didn't mm -hmm. know that and so he was punished for it because mm -hmm. knowledge is power and nick has yeah. none <laughs> yeah i mean with the new player experience mm -hmm. you're trying to min max it um but then you can't you can't max it because you can't get one of the better weapons of the game yeah um so the towers are like the largest scale reward as for like exploring and then there's like the shrines which is like a slightly smaller scale but the most granular like on the small side is the korok seeds where like it, it really forces you to be alert of your surroundings and like not take anything in the environment for granted like otherwise if there wasn't such a small reward like you would kind of have no reason to pay attention to like you know all the forests and all the rocks and all those things that like kind of make the game have its vibe that's important it, it could be like a much more barren feeling world i believe without these things and the reason i say that is because like they're all i mean there's literally 900 so they're all over the place and i was doing research because i forgot like all the kinds there were and i found like three kinds i didn't even know existed that i had never done a single time and oh. i was like holy crap wait of korok yeah I what? Okay, there's this one where there's a ball and chain. Have you done the ball and yeah. chain ones? There's like these I think chain. it's like oh, yeah. in lakes. There's a ball that yeah. you have to put in a tree or something, right? I've never done a single one mm -hmm. of those. I never even saw them. And I don't know how I missed oh, wow. them because yeah. like I checked a lot of lakes for like I maybe I just like didn't understand the like the puzzle. 
Um, I think a lot of them are over by the waterfalls, like the big, big waterfall. Oh, areas. like the Zora jungle area. Yeah, the jungle. Oh, the area. jungle area. Um, okay. okay. Obviously, there's like the acorns. There's like getting all the, the tree stumps. Mm-hmm. There's like boulders you push. There's the magnetic Green rocks wheel. or the magnetic like boxes you have to put in place. Yep. What I didn't know about was it's called picking fruit. There oh, are trees. Okay. Did you guys know about this one? Yes. I had no idea. There's like groups of trees that have different numbers of fruit. And in some cases, it'll be like two trees have like three apples and one has four. So to shoot the fourth oh. apple out of the tree. And I was like, what? I've never done that before. Like, I, I never mm-hmm. even noticed that. And it's super cool that that's like the attention to detail yeah. is like so important to even see these things. Yeah. You, yeah. you have to be able to say, like, why are these trees in a row? And then you go over and you look at them, and then instead of, like, chopping it down or taking all the apples or something, you have to be like, wait, like, there's something weird here. Yeah. Like, what is different? Like, what is out of place? Right. right? Which is, like, a cool, like, little mm-hmm. logical puzzle to, like, throw into the middle of the game. It's, like, all about, you know, combat mm-hmm. and running around. Um, I like the fact that, so, like, a big open world like this is populated by puzzles instead of just rewards mm-hmm. right um like uh, as opposed to you know maybe like an assassin's creed game which are kind of before uh maybe not the newer ones I haven't played the newer ones but like black flag which i played a lot of um you would just like walk around and like the stuff that you would find would for the most part just be on the ground oh weird um there were you know there were exceptions where it's like you know if you wanted like i think the music things like you actually had to kind of follow along this path or whatever do some parkour um but i like this where uh breath of the wild has actual puzzles where it's like every time not only are you excited that you found this but you get another dopamine boost for actually solving That's it true. Mm-hmm. it's a double whammy it's twice as much dopamine <laughs> um so one thing we did talk about already was the boss mobs, which I think also kind of mix things up. Like Lionels will take a large amount of terrain and you have to be, you know, very cautious of them because they're difficult enemies. Same goes for the stone taloses. Um what else? The ogres. The ogres, the, um... yeah, the ah, the giants. Yes. And then uh oh, even like the you know, the dragons that fly around, those are the three unique dragons that all have, you know, very important items for the late game. Oh, I, I know you had a quick point. The first time I saw one of those dragons, I was like, Oh man. What is that? Yeah, it was awesome. It was crazy. You're just yeah. and, it, and the thing is is they render from so far away, unlike yeah. everything else in the game, you're like, There's a dragon. It's on the other mountain range. Yeah. Like, what is going on? That was, was such a cool moment, thing. that's for sure. It like completely changes the whole environment you're in too. Like the music changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it does. Like it really draws your attention. And it's cool to have the, like yep. the natural updraft around them, so that you have a chance to like get close mm-hmm. and like not worry about like mm-hmm. climbing a mountain if you have to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was an awesome mechanic. Although I will say I don't know how I thought about like farming those things because that was kind of annoying. You'd like yeah, that was wait until the next day and like just do it over and over again. It kind of took some of the magic out of it. They didn't want you to do it. They wanted you to just do it every time you saw them, not like sit there and try to get five scales to upgrade your blouse. Yeah, or whatever, that's so. fair. I also found it to be somewhat unwieldy trying to get close to one of those things. Like I would always see it out in the distance. And it would take me so long to get over there. That it would be gone. Yeah, I'd hop on my and... horse or something and just barely yeah. Make it. I just learned where they yeah. spawned, and I would just wait <laughs> and like use a fire mm-hmm. to like go to pass the time. Yeah, that's the only way I can I yeah. can manage it. But yeah, and even then, it was like sometimes I would catch the updraft. Sometimes I wouldn't. Yeah. It, like it, it it was a very cool thing. I think it maybe could have been a little bit more refined, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, we were talking about those big mobs. Right, so the big mobs also are, like, a way to, like, kind of... They kind of herd you to their location Mm. or away Mm -hmm. from them, depending on how strong you are or, like, if you want to deal with them or not. And they have a pretty big, like, area around them of, like, you know, waking up and all that. So you might be, like, running around trying to catch a bug, and all of a sudden you you see a stone talus, like, climb out of the ground, which is just really neat. Um, It -hmm. made the world feel Mm -hmm. more alive, I think, in a way. Like, the normal mobs were cool, but... Uh, you um, forgot the guardians, obviously. Oh well, guardians are a huge part of the game. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. touch on those. Um, what else? Oh yeah. Also, this is like kind of goes back to your point about finding pickups and like dopamine rushes. I thought that the the enemy camps were like one of my least favorite parts of the game. Hmm. So you know, like there'd be those skulls that were just filled with random like what 
Bokoblins and the lizard yeah. guys. And they were like, it was fun to kill the guys, but the rewards were always like very menial to the point where it almost felt like it wasn't even worth your time. Like, I think by the end of the game, I would just avoid them because mm-hmm. it was like, why, why really bother? Like, maybe I get a mineral that I can just go farm rocks for and like, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the reason I would fight them at the end of the game was that like it was just that oh they have silver guys i'm gonna kill them for their stuff that's true they have really good gems and stuff right yeah and if you're doing it earlier i think occasionally the chests give you good stuff but i would agree that like not like 80 percent of the time it's not worth your time until the end when it's really just for the drops not for the thing you get out of the chest right it was just to fight those guys in a like a reasonable like have a chance of like being successful you had to like kite a lot and run away a lot and it just took so long that yeah. like it didn't feel I, worth it yeah i always i the only time i ever did camps was when i like specifically wanted to screw with them right like you know like if i saw like five barrels near each other and like a moblin there oh, yeah. i'd be like oh my god this is this is candy for me i'm gonna just pop this guy <laughs> yeah um which is it's like a nice change of pace i think yeah that's true because outside those places, there weren't that many. I guess there were, like, some single roaming mob, but it was mostly just animals, right? Like, in the majority mm-hmm. of the overworld. Yeah. Um, okay, last Which thing. I actually... Go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, you're right. Most of the time, you wouldn't just find someone out in the middle. There was always a purpose why the guys were there. So they'd have a little campfire, or they'd, you know, have a little... Like, sometimes they built up their camp and had, like, a little watchtower, or they had the skulls. So it, like, filled in the world in these, like, little pockets where, I mean, there were so few towns and people. It was, like, your only interaction with, like, a humanoid was, like, when you fought monsters, basically. Although I will say there was that cool area by the beach that was on the, was it the east side? Where it was, like, or maybe the southern side of the map. It was, like, filled with mobs. There was, like, a, almost like a pirate cove in a way. And that area was really fun. Um, by the beach town yes and i think it had like a little bit better rewards because there's like a bunch of guys there but mm-hmm. um that felt more like invading a base to me than like the camps did right which was like a cooler effect yeah but like um, if they did that all over the place it wouldn't have been as interesting yeah totally that's true um, we already touched on this last point a little bit but i was talking about the terrain height differences and stuff um yeah it's interesting because it they used it as a way to kind of funnel you towards areas specifically because you could not climb certain heights without enough stamina right so first it's like you see a cliff there's a shrine on top of it you have to go like way around to get to the shrine because it won't let you climb the cliff the whole way you run out of stamina you fall down mm-hmm. um and another area where they use that a lot was like the zoro domain because it was With always raining rain. which is like an interesting mechanic it was almost frustrating at first until you realize like they're doing this like very intentionally but you want to like climb a cliff and then they you know the rain never stops and you just cannot you can't get the traction to climb the cliff and you just keep slipping and slipping and slipping and like it was just like an interesting way to like to force you to take that winding path up it was like filled with enemies instead of like right that was a railroad that where they like wanted you to follow that guy up there prince man i I feel like we don't remember the names of all the characters (laughs) the prince hammerhead shark guy yeah um so I don't, Jacob. Have you seen um, the developers of Breath of the Wild actually did a talk about specifically their use of like how they they like all these different heights of stuff and to encourage like exploration? They actually did a talk um, at CEDEC on how they they actually found in previous Zelda games that when you put like essentially like imagine like a perfectly flat space. Mm-hmm. And if you put a triangle in the middle of that flat space, it's immediately the most interesting thing in your area. And it's immediately the thing that a player wants to go and see. Not only that, they want to see what's on the other side of it. Mm, right. Yeah. So they want to get on top of the vantage point. So they actually structured the entire terrain, all of, like the topography of, of the world of Hyrule, specifically so that they have triangles. Um, and I think that they used... Um, it's been a while since I actually looked at the exact notes of of that but i think they said that there were three different heights of kind of points of interest so like you know there's like hills there's like a tower height like the second one and then there's like giant mountains that you can see from very far oh that's cool um so it's like no matter where you're going there's always going to be another triangle another triangle somewhere in that terrain 
um, that you'll always be able to think like, oh man, what's on that? Like what's on the other side? And then you can like start putting stuff on top of them and like- Yeah, that really shows because they they would always put rocks that had cool rocks under them on top of mountains. So I was encouraged to climb. Mm-hmm. I basically climbed every mountain I saw because I was like, I want those, I want those cool rock seeds, baby. Give me that dopamine. Right. And yeah. it's a genius way to like, you know, encourage players to, climbing is a little tedious, but when you get rewarded every time you do it, it's literally conditioning you to do it more, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a yeah. really that's a really cool perspective on that. Yep. Yep. Thank God for Rivali's Gale. Yeah, seriously. Um they not only built a really cool world to explore, but they gave you like very good tools to go mm-hmm. and explore it with. Yeah. So well that so I think that was really important. That reminds me of two games off the top of my head. Uh WoW Retail, which I've been playing because classic was coming out and i couldn't play it wow what a date the podcast and skyrim (laughs) because in both of these games the world is like pretty like wide open but there is lots of like situations where you can't climb in either one of these games so like in wow i'm like trying to get to something on the other side of this like hill or mountain and i'd like do this thing when you like you i'm sure you guys have done this where you like run up the side of a cliff and then you like try to jump yeah yeah, to go up the next thing and then like you slide down but like you don't do like in zelda where in breath of the wild where you slide you know your character just like floats down further and you're like ah and this game you can actually and it happened in like skyrim and exploration was so important in that game i spent literally hours on horseback just hopping back and forth diagonally up mountains the first to time try I to get Skyrim, up yeah and then the second time i did it i was like this is not even worth my time it's like it's it's too obvious right. they don't want you to do that and like it's not rewarding enough but this game doesn't care about that the game is like if you can do it you can do it they would leave little like you know outcroppings on the on the cliffs to encourage you to be like oh you can pause and rest here or like eat another like mm-hmm. item to get your stamina up and then keep climbing like that's like genius i mean it's so simple but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely yeah it was nice to get up to like another ridge and then you could get rest up and then keep going I mean, imagine you're like a rock climber you're walking through like some mountains like you'd be looking up around you and be like oh i could probably get there like, i could probably get there that's like literally how i played this whole game was like yeah i could probably get up there if you give me a few minutes you know uh-huh i have to be honest with you guys i am no longer confident that i know how to pronounce the word stamina <laughs> stamina stam in a stamina Stamina. 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 Stop saying it like a robot. I see, I see. Yeah. Stamina. Ma- I mean, stamina. I am. Stamina. I put it to you. I can't believe it. Um. Well, does anyone have anything they they didn't like? So we've touched on a couple of those things. Uh, we didn't really talk about the inventory much. How do you guys feel about the inventory? Uh, I did hate some aspects of that. I hated that there was like. Did you guys find it annoying? Well, one of the things is you just pick up everything. You have this giant bag. Yeah. You have a million beetles. You have a thousand pieces of wood. And yet you can only carry a certain number of food items that you've cooked. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, why was it that way? And then it it just incentivized you to go to a place that had a cooking pot, which meant you had to teleport out from what you were doing and then go back to what you were doing. It was a little jarring. Although you could have... Well... The cooking was annoying. You couldn't mass cook the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had to skip the thing every time, and then it would pop up. But, like, all the stuff you cooked was good. I just didn't do it very often because it was kind of annoying. I think the weapon and, like, shield and bow system was pretty good. It, like, suited the game well. Um, Like, kind of always having you, like, search for, like, new weapons by, you know, making them have durability and breaking, which is also a very novel concept to the Zelda series. Um, yeah but I will say that the food inventory felt a little clunky and like it wasn't it didn't seem like it fit its purpose well to me most of the time like Mm -hmm. I mean even just scrolling through the pages it was like there were so many things but not like really good ways to sort them or like organize them it was just like a little chaotic and like um, it almost discouraged me from like using the cooking mechanic which was like made the game you know much easier in cases or whatever Mm mm-hmm I don't understand how the blacksmiths of Hyrule managed to create such weak weapons. Like, come on. If there was a war, and I had to use your shitty spear, like, I would stab the man in front of me, like, five times, and then it would break, and then I would have no more spears, because, like, I'm not Link. I don't have infinite pockets. I think that's actually relatively accurate. Like, stuff could break pretty easily in combat. 
Link is just so like, yeah, strong. But Zelda games where like you can go sword edge. I mean, did you even read Aragon? Sword edge on sword edge only works if you have like a magic sword. Otherwise, someone's sword's gonna break. Um, <laughs> and it's it's. I mean, I think it was kind of annoying. It could definitely be jarring. Um, and if you didn't have a good supply of stuff, it was a big pain. But I think by the end of the game, it's not normally an issue, and it's just kind of like. The only time I had an issue is when, like, a lightning storm came, and it would be like, I don't have any wooden clubs, so, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave, or something like Or I, like, have to blow them up with bombs or headbutt them, which I wish I felt like I kept saving my 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 big weapons, um, like my uh, the ones that did, like, a lot of damage. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I saved them for literally the entire yeah. game, and even to this day, have not used them. Uh, like, you should just use them because you can get them back. My second playthrough, I used them the entire time because I realized that Wait, it's not, you worth, you can get it's them not worth your time. Well, I once mean, you, you can play, just you kill learn more guys. You learn where the spawns are for items. Like, let's say I'm like, I might know where like a fiery gray sword is like off the top of my head. I could just teleport there and grab one every few. What is it like every blood moon? I think they respawn. Yeah. Wait, they do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything really? outside yeah. of like shrine chests probably respawns yeah so there's like one fire sword that's like i think it's a fire sword that's over a like a pool in this like there's like a thing in the center and a little bridge i don't know if you ever saw that it was to the west of hyrule field um, is but, it like in a it's like in a crater uh yeah but the the thing is it's like a there's like a crater with a lake in it and there's like a tall thing in the center that has mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So anyways, that respawns and like whenever I wanted one of those, oh I just God. teleport there and yeah. get it. That's the one I could think of. Cuz I actually like I remember getting that actual that one in particular and then coming back later because I stumbled across it and it wasn't there anymore <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, I guess that the weapons don't respawn." So like I actually was well, like whenever I played the game, that. I was perpetually afraid that like i would actually just run out of good weapons like i would just run out like there would be no more good weapons and i'd be stuck using crappy ones for the rest of the game so i just hoarded them because i didn't i did not realize that was a mechanic mm-hmm. um probably on me but yeah that would be my complaint yeah that makes the weapon system feel a lot less stressful because like i can totally understand i in the beginning i did have that feeling and like you said the first game I, the first time i played it i had that feeling for most of it where i was like always on the verge of being out of weapons whereas the second time i played it i was like i'm always on the verge of an upgrade that's like how i started thinking was like i'm always like this is like trash right now i need a better weapon like any second you know like Mm -hmm. like a new guardian weapon or something like that i could just happen upon um yeah yeah okay so um do you guys have final thoughts any final thoughts on the game Well, I'll just say this is probably one of my favorite games ever. Like, and that's I've played a lot of mm-hmm. games. I've played a lot of Zelda games. Um, I've played plenty of open world games. It's not the necessarily the best at any one thing, but it it's it creates this like beautiful world that is so much fun to explore. Even though there's like it's weird how little there is in it, and also how much like it's, yeah. which is a weird way. of putting it but i guess it's like there's not like you go up on top of a mountain and there's a korok seed and like that's enough that's enough for me like i just going up there and finding these things and looking at the world and finding neat ways of killing guys and riding around on a horseback reflecting beams back at guardians like i played this game way more than any other zelda game i think at this point so yeah yeah i definitely um I, I i agree with that uh the it's like a great zelda game um i think that you know they're coming out with um link's awakening uh, no breath of the wild 2 oh yeah electric boogaloo <laughs> um yeah yep so i'm i'm curious to see how that game is i what i hope that they I did like the fact that, you know, like, you would climb up to the top of the mountain, there's Korok. I just hope, I kind of hope that there is a little bit more. Um, that's, that's my hope. They definitely could flush it out. Flush it out? No, like, yeah, like, like, you know, maybe more stuff. Okay. We didn't even touch on this, I but I will say that the, the side quests were pretty uh, disappointing. Mm, you know, yeah. like, there was not really many side quests that felt rewarding or worth my time. 
Yes. The the side quests that I care the most about was getting to that next mountain. Like that's it was, which is cool because it's a self paced game, right? So I'll yeah. just go into my review. I mean, I think it, it's like it's got like almost an unparalleled amount of like creativity and like freedom. Yeah. As far as like yeah. games go, I mean, period. Like, there's I can't think of another game where like you have so much freedom to do what you want, how you want it, when you want it, where you want it. Like, you know, there's so many. <laughs> you laugh. Who you want? Um. Every other Zelda the only game, game says, that comes to the only game that comes to mind is like Scribble Knots, mm, right? I guess, but like it's it's I think the scope of this game, um, and the fact that it's like an RPG as well, like where you can literally like you will grow as a, as in your ability to do more things and your creativity kind of grows as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I, that's. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Mitchell. I think it's one of my favorite games ever. One of my favorite Zelda games ever. Um, it just, it will always hold, like, a certain place in my heart for, like, really wowing me. Just, like, it's almost like I haven't had that feeling since I was, like, a young child. Like, playing, like, the old N64 games for the first time where it's like, wow, this world yep. is so big. Like, I kind of lost that, like, feeling. Like, growing up, it's like, you know, you're more analytical and everything like that. But this game, like, just the vastness of it and, like, just the intricacies of it were like so like enticing and like interesting to me so mhm great game so um so so we've been requested by Nintendo uh to write an ad for this game that we found Lord Nintendo we found Lord Nintendo in the game space mhm so let's let's spitball something real quick here. So what do you guys think? Should we talk about how it's open? Should we talk about uh, If you like big wide open spaces. Do you like big wide open spaces? But if you hate if you also sometimes like going in smaller spaces. But sometimes go inside. And you like weather. There's uh, a lot of weather. Okay. This doesn't this sounds like a list of things. <laughs> If you love seeds and finding them, you but only seeds. after solving puzzles. If you hate goblins and non-human creatures, racist. And just and I, oh yeah, actually, mm, uh, scratch that one. We may have some non-humans listening to this podcast right uh, now. Sure, uh, we love you. Um, so. Uh, if you like, if you if you like solving puzzles and collecting shiny spears, this game is for you. Do you want a game where you can do whatever you want? Nope, that's boring. Uh, hey, if you're like me, if you want a game that you can do whatever you want, if you're like me and you sometimes pick up stones and little green guys pop out, you would love this game. <laughs> this is the game for you. What? <laughs> The, the search Korogs. for little green men. They're not really green. <laughs> they have they have leaves on their faces. Did you know that they're evolved from yeah. the Kakariko people? The oh, the well, Kakori. Allegedly. The, Are they the, the same? The Kakori people from OT, like Saria and all those, like the little forest people. They are evolved yeah. from them. Well, if you like a game that has very loosely connected lore, but is just so, so all over the place, this game could be for you. I, I do like that. We didn't talk about that connection at all, but like compared to the other games... Oh no, if only the podcast had more time uh, in it. Oh no, the portal. There were characters our... from all the different games... That all came into one from all the different timelines. How did that happen? Also, locations are named on the map after from places. different places. Thank you for joining us on our ship, the big unit. We hope that you do come back. Um, that was the ad. Now, that was such a bad ad. Ugh. I wouldn't pay us. Now that we have our three microphones, we can talk about just anything. But uh, you know, as we explore the game space, we uh, will come across some new games. I hope. If it's a fruitful adventure, we will come across more games, and we'll come to you, and we'll tell you about all of the wonderful nuances that we enjoyed and this not enjoy. Except we're gonna we're gonna do it in in terms that that humans and non humans alike can understand. Except for dogs and cats, 
they're the dumb animals maybe someday of of the planet earth maybe some i don't maybe they can understand us and they've just been keeping us in the dark okay but um yeah um if uh if you have comments um you want to you want to weigh in on uh, maybe you found uh breath of the wild in the game space as well maybe you're a game space space explorer uh you can always send us a comment or a note or an uh, electronic mail at um hello this is future nick um i'm here to tell you that uh our email address is the astro gaming cast at gmail.com that is the astro gaming cast at gmail.com now back to the present you go Boo! or whatever email address i actually edit <laughs> thanks for listening thank you for listening i've been nick blackley i've been jacob smith and i've been mitchell smith and thanks for joining us in the game space. Bongos. Bongos in, bongos out. Bongos out. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.